Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome back, everyone. Here we are, another edition of Dr. Homebrew. The only podcast that will drink your beer. Pretty much, right? Literally. Yeah, yeah. as far as I know. <laughs> Send us your beer. We will drink it. Yes. Even if it sucks. Especially if it sucks, right? Well, even if it sucks. <laughs> You're to just always swallow the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. I will always drink it no matter what it is. Appreciate you guys uh, listening to us. We're on the uh, the new welcome. website. The Brewing Network has a new website. I don't know if you guys noticed oh. that. We're actually predominantly featured, which is nice. Wow, and, that's changed. Uh, yeah, and there's a whole like uh, section for our names, and people will actually know who we are. What do you think about that? I'm scared. Uh, yeah, I'm a little frightened now. I don't want people finding me. Well, there's a bio page, and so, you know, your home addresses are, are, are listed, if that's... JP, we want to keep our indie cred here. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, you sell out. Really. I don't want to turn into... You sold us out, and you didn't Budweiser. even tell us. Yeah. What, what, like, bio? How can you do a bio without even talking to him? <laughs> dude. Actually, I don't even think there's a bio. Dude. I don't even know. Uh, before we get started here, I want to thank our fine sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Head over to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about everything that Five Star can do for you. Uh, mainly clean and sanitize your your uh, brewing equipment. You know, uh, good beer doesn't start with a good recipe. It starts with clean and sanitary fermentation and uh, chemicals and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the lovely folks at Five Star have all of that gear for you. They also have some equipment like uh, you know gloves and aprons and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but more importantly than that, they have uh, offered everybody who comes on the show gets a little prize pack from Five Star just for uh, just for supporting the Brewing Network because you know, Five Star yeah. loves us. You get a little personal kit to kick ass on all the bugs and all the dirt. Not in that order. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And you know, if you haven't gotten yours in the past couple of months, that is my fault. That is not Five Star's fault. Um, yeah, because he was busy writing our bios without telling us instead. Uh, yes, I was. <laughs> I had a thousand monkeys doing it. So hopefully one of them will produce Shakespeare. Um, yeah, totally my fault. So uh, Nicole over there at Five Star was a doll, and she's like, I don't know. Okay, fine. I'll get all these people out today. I'm like, you're the best. Thank you. So uh, from now on, things will get better. And uh, But yeah, so anyway, you got all your stuff coming. If you don't see it in a couple months, <laughs> you'll be sure to let me know. And uh, you know, I'll give you another run around. 
I'm 100 years old now, and I'm brewing my 6097th <laughs> yeah. batch of beer, and I still haven't got my cleaning kit. <laughs> my great-grandson needs, uh, needs more stars in. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, so that's cool. And then we also have a, a, another cool, uh, we have a couple cool giveaways, you know, for people who, who join the show. Uh, the Grog Tag, $40, at least your beer will look good, gift certificate. And that goes to the, uh, the I'm going to say the winner with the lowest score. Because really, everybody who comes on the show is a winner, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the winner of the low that? score award. Exactly. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Everybody gets a trophy here. Yeah. And then right. from High Gravity... We're very Bre- affirmative. <laughs> yes. From High Gravity Brewing Supplies, we have uh, a nice gift certificate for them as well for uh, the winner of the highest score. Yeah. So you can go uh, check out everyone Either way, there, we gravity. will validate you either way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You get validation on this show. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I want to make that point because we, we, we got too many. We got almost strictly men entering. We've only had one we, or two women. We re- yeah. Yes. We need right. more women entering this show. We, we, we will do. validate you. We promise you this. Yes. We will validate you and, tell you and give you gifts. Yes, we will shower gifts upon right. you. At well, least, that's a little too much. Well, at yeah. least two. You'll at least get a grog tactical <laughs> We'll give you a beer yeah. shower at least, yeah. Right. Uh, well, and you get the five-star one. Yeah, even, even JP could win this thing. Yeah, you'll get yeah. the five-star one for sure, just for, sure. for showing up. Right. And then you'll get uh, either the grog tag or the high-gravity one. There you go. Right? I mean, so yeah. you it's it's you actually, you always win two things. It just depends on what it is. Yeah, so and follow them up. Yeah. And get beer, great you get more back in prizes than you do in the fees to ship the stuff out. Not that anyone's shipping anything. But. That's true. Yeah. That's true. There's it's no, hypothetical. Yeah, there's no yeah. entry fee on Dr. Homebrew. We're no, like, no, no, no. The not ultimate at all. homebrew competition. Yeah, and uh, and you get great feedback from Brian and Lee, our master BJCP judges. Uh, and professional I just, grade psychological degradation from the whole team. Yes, yes. that's true. I mean, you can't buy that with money. You can't. Yeah. I mean, mainly because no one, no one's selling it. Right. The it's best just free. That, you know, you, right. You, when you enter a homebrew competition, you're competing against six thousand other dorks out there, and you know, you come in here, you're competing against one other beer. Yeah, one other dork. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you can't lose. You really can't. Um, you know, everyone everyone wins. We we produce great radio. You get some good swag from right. from some good people. Uh, speaking of good people, we have a couple cool uh, beers to run through. Uh, we're gonna have uh, being listener favorite uh, Josh, aka who ate all the pies, that big tubby lard mess of goodness from Australia is going to be on the phone with us here in the second half. But at first, we're going to do a commercial calibration for Rodenbach Grand Cru. Yeah. Right? Mm. The Grand Cru. Which is what kind of uh, style is that? Flanders oh, Red? I think it's like yeah. sour or something. Sour, yeah. Flanders Red. It's interesting. It come, the bottle came with this tag on it. Uh-huh. And they're giving their scores and beer advocate reviews of their different oh, beers God. on their marketing material. Beer advocate. And, and bro. I'm not sure what bro is. <laughs> it could that's, be anything these all days. The bro, all the bros drink it. You right. know I think it? that's the bros on the BA, the two guys that run it, right? Is it? Oh, yeah, it could be those those guys, yeah. The bros? Yeah, they're using this stuff for their marketing now. You wouldn't think they'd need to push too hard to sell a bottle of Grand Cru. No, uh, uh, I mean, I personally don't enjoy the style, so, you know, I wouldn't buy it anyway. This Would is the, the first time I've ever bought it. No. No. Because I think beer rating styles are do more harm than good. And that's a whole nother show right there. <laughs> that is a whole nother Actually, show. Actually, that could be a whole nother show, not just an episode. Yes, that's correct. <clears throat> that's correct. We ought to start up, yeah, a whole new show. Why Why beer rating sucks. I, I agree. <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's bad. What are you doing, Beverly? The camera angle is terrible. Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, just me. I think it's your subject. You're getting his good side? 
Yeah. The beauty of this is now I can uh, pull it up and see what she's doing and then just go, eh, I don't really like that. Please Get his other side, yeah. Why does this mic Whoa. smell like Lysol? Because <laughs> we had Jamil Zanishev on the program. Uh, we did some Bruce Strong yesterday. I was on it. It was amazing. Both programs. And uh, he's sick. Oh. So. And I didn't want you to catch malaria or whatever it is that he may the or may play. not have. So Swansea I fever. may or may not have sprayed the crap out of that seat and microphone. Thank you for that. But I just scored down the beer we just judged by 20 points because I keep smelling. You oh, know, I didn't think about that. Astringent, yeah. uh, piney. Very lemony. I don't understand it. Sense. Mm, yeah. Maybe you should move to a different seat. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. He has it now. It's too it's, late. It's ruined his taste buds. Let's be honest. I Forever. Mean, he has it now. Right. I'd rather have that than get sick. Somebody gets a marble score from me. I apologize. <laughs> they still get two prizes. prizes. Brian, that's what we're trying to talk about. Yes. yes. Jeez. I was mostly just thinking about your child. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to run through this Rodenbach and uh, teach you guys how to properly calibrate your palate against a, a well-known beer and a beer that's widely available. And it's a style we've never really done before. Commercial sour? Is this a sour or is it just this tart? This is a sour. Yeah? Wow. F- Flanders Red. It's okay. a Flanders Red, yes. Okay. All right. And that's a... That's a okay. It's a sour. I guess it runs... It's a real Tart is just a description. Mm-hmm. But sour a is a way of a sour life. beer. Okay. Yeah. Sour is a tight. Yeah, sour. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like my personality. It's a sour beer. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then, uh, you know, you guys can uh, figure out what's in everybody's head over here. So uh, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, it's all about Rodenbach. Yeah, sour St- and bitter clash, you know. They do. Is that why we don't get along on the show? Probably. All right. Back after this, everybody. Hello, BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz the forum the learning center and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest more beer catalog more beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making that's it i've had it i am 
ever putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com, N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W, Nico Brew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer Examination. All right, welcome back, everyone. Let's try a little of this Rodenbach. Rodenbach. Apparently, the Grand Crew got a hundred from a, from a bro, the Alstrom brothers. Um, see, whenever I hear bro, I, I think of flat built hat and lifted Toyota pickup truck that never goes off road. But that's just me. Jason and Todd Alestorm, I think it is. <laughs> Alstrom with a umlaut over the O. <laughs> I don't know. Well, hey, they run the beer advocate thing, and that's a pretty cool site. Yeah, God bless them for whatever they whatever they do. Um. All right, commercial calibration. So again, what we're trying to do here is just just to let you kind of peek into the mind, little give you a little peekaboo in the mind of a master BJCP judge. How do these guys uh, approach a beer like this? And then you can hopefully find this beer. It's relatively easy to find. Um, sit down with this show, put your headphones in, pop the cork, and uh, um, come along on a tasting uh, journey so maybe you can kind of it's see the adventure uh, yeah you get to you know check out the appearance with them excuse palette me. safari you do that yeah uh run through the flavors you know what are they tasting what are you tasting and and you know hopefully you can go oh well you know when i taste that flavor i think of this word but you know now i can realign my vocabulary uh to whatever these handsome young men do so join us in our rapid downhill slide into alcoholism it'll be, ama- flavor it'll be amazing flavor generated 
This will be like, uh, think of uh, uh, the Rodenbach as Cecil the lion, and you're a dentist from the Midwest, and you're trying to hunt it. Too soon? Too Mm -hmm. soon. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Beb didn't even hear it, and I was trying to make her laugh, but she doesn't care. She doesn't care. Uh, Lee. I I thought uh, Cecil was a good friend of mine, by the way. (laughs) Was he? Yes. We were were buddies on Facebook. Yeah? Yeah. No. What? So, Rodenbach, I'm just, yeah. So, you asked me how I approach a beer like this, basically as quickly as possible. This Mm. is wonderful stuff. Well, if it's not a 50 out of 50, you you know, you don't know what you're doing, apparently, according to marketing. I I rarely actually know what I'm doing, but that's a different step point. Um, Apparently, this is the original sour ale. The original sour ale. Again, according to marketing. they may claim that. I think that will be a hard one to prove, although if they have it on their marketing, maybe they can prove it. Probably depends what the defini- definition of original or sour or the or ale. Is. Yes, ale. Yeah, there were probably uh, plenty of sour beers around before they came along. <laughs> seeing as before Pasteur, probably everything went sour eventually. Yeah, Marians and the yeah. No, I'm sure. They yeah, had and of. what does it say? Since 1821, isn't that far back in time? But, but actually, we're probably here to say nice things about this rather than Maybe sour. There's no marketing <laughs> in, uh, inaccuracies. Yeah, well, because this look, is a wonderful beer. It really is. It's a fine beer, but uh, you know, if you yeah. take yourself too seriously, you're going to get poked out a little. It might bit. be one of the original ones marketed yeah. as a sour. Like, hey, yes. Yeah, Intentionally sour. Actually, yes. really good. Uh, I would, I would definitely say that. And I'll it tell you what, really they got their, they got their stuff down. That's for sure. They know what they're doing. They do. Um, so, okay, here we go. Lee, take us on a tour, uh, 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 a palate sensation tour of Rodenbach. Please. This is an ale aged in vats. It is soured in wooden vats in Belgium. Probably most people listening to the show have seen pictures of these giant. Fooders or whatever they're calling these things that stand like two stories tall. Hooters? Full of beer. Um, did you that's go only to, after a few bottles. Did you go to Rodenbach when you were in Belgium? No, I didn't. We, we wanted to, but they would not work in our schedule, unfortunately. Mm, Someday I will get there. I really want to see this place. So what is this? It is a sour ale. It has a pretty good lactic acid character, maybe a little supporting acetic acid. Um, a not rich, but a, a fairly good malt backbone to it to balance it out. It's actually relatively sweet. Not as sweet as some mm-hmm. uh, some other variants on this style, but it has enough sweetness to balance out that acidity. So it's kind of a sweet and sour presentation. Not as sweet as some of the Flanders Browns. Um, I've always thought of this beer as sweet, and but I'm trying it now. It's really not that sweet. It's not that sweet, but it has some sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. It is not as bone dry as a lot of Goose or the Amer- a lot of American sours that are coming out now that just get really almost bone dry as i said and it's not as sweet as a lot of the sort of the more brown the sour brown the flanders brown ales um the oud brunes but it definitely has some sweetness in it and that helps balance out all the acidity that's in here so it doesn't come across as a puckering sour beer Mm -hmm. it's a very pleasant acidity in this um it's got a lot of cherry flavor to it which is probably from the malt although it could be some ferment esters but this probably has got some munich in it or something similar. It has a fair amount of wood character from the vats it was aged in. Not huge, but it's definitely there. Um, and it's really kind of um, a nice four-way balance between sort of the, the elements of the wood, the slight sweetness, the sour, and that kind of cherry flavor. And that is actually, it makes this beer very enjoyable. And that's, that's one of the nice things about it. You know, you can have sours that are pungent and sours that are extreme and sours that blow you out of the water or sours that are about other things entirely. But this one really is about that balance and just being pleasant and very easily drunk. Um, 
So, I mean, a lot of what you pick up here is just kind of related to that. There's a little bit more complexities than I'm relating here. Maybe Brian can help clue us in on a little bit of that. But um, <laughs> Does that sound about right for general description? Yes, it does. I, I would have to get clued in to be able to clue you in a little better. But oh, that's, a that's couple of things job. I want, wanted to say about this beer. Yeah, it does have a lot of – it's like kind of a fruit bowl in the aroma and in the flavor. You know, it's got cherry. It's got orangey elements. It's got – current uh you know some underlying uh fruit elements some little darker fruit elements in there too um and the aroma just it makes your mouth kind of instantly water when you when you sip uh take your first whiff of it it's like yeah it reminds that's, that's, you of like that's half the fun of it a right lemon. there it's like oh when you when you think about a lemon or you smell a lemon uh peel it's like oh your mouth just starts watering it has that effect on your on your palate uh even before you drink it so the malt is kind of supporting in this it's it's underlying the sour and the sweet and um, I can get just a just a hint of vanilla in there uh, from the the wood aging hmm. uh, under under everything else. Kind of a neat little note in there. Uh, you know, the color is reddish brown. It's it's clear. It's got a low beige head that kind of sticks around for a little while. And um, you know, in the flavor, again, it's it's rich and fruity, pretty substantially sour. It has this sweet and sour impression, like you know. Not like that syrupy, sweet and sour sauce that you get in the Chinese restaurants, the bright red stuff, but just a really complex, sweet with a, a hint, uh, with, you know, sourness with a hint of sweetness on the finish to to carry it out and balance that out. So yeah, and a note on that, I, th- I think in the style guidelines, it usually uses the the actual quote phrase "sweet and sour" for the oud bruns as opposed to the reds. Yeah. But um, I think it, it's a little less upfront sweet here, but it, it still applies to this beer. It definitely has an element of a nice sort of supporting sweetness with the sour. For sure, yeah. I mean, I find this to be also a very wine-like beer. Of any beer that you drink, it's it, it's the one that maybe tastes the most like a complex red wine. It's a good entry-level beer in general, but also an introduction to sours for people that may only like wines or they don't like hoppy beers that are really popular these days, and they don't like a lager or you know the the palest beers that are that are drank by all the the jocks out there and you know all the bros our bros <laughs> the pale um, hoppy stuff yeah there's Again, no hops in here likely i find it mostly lactic tartness uh there's no no strong acetic uh, or vinegary character it's just a clean there isn't sharp. and a lot of the times uh, that's what i think of when i think of a flanders red yeah. is that acetobacter like yeah. uh, the duchess the Duch- 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 is, yeah, yeah. or at least it used say. to it may still this one is really i mean maybe if you snort it up your nose you get a little bit yeah. don't ask um but it, it's really a background note at most here yeah and then you know body wise is just kind of middle of the road medium body medium carbonation no warmth you know kind of kind of smooth creamy you get a little bit of astringency from the the wood and and everything else that's going on in there uh, not not anything that's going to bite you, but just like a, a a light kind of tannin-like quality to the to the beer that gives it also accents that wine-like character that you get in it. I just I find it a really pleasant beer. I I score it. I'll I'll join the Alstrom brothers. I'll just score it a, a the BJCP score sheet version of what they scored it. And I think their top <laughs> score is a hundred. I'll score it a fifty. Why not? Really? This is a fifty-point beer. Why not? I like that. I like uh, beer advocate. No, this is fifty point me. beer. I I couldn't think of a way to to make it a better Flanders Red. This is a really fresh bottle. It's tasty. It's, it's it fits all the guidelines. It works works for me. To me, it tastes corked. 
Corked. You're picking up corked, huh? I am. You might be getting a little of that. A little bit of TCA? The astringency kind of thing? Maybe. I don't know. For me, well, okay. For this, well, I don't know. No, I think I see where you're coming from. I'm not sure myself if that's actually TCA or something else, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I would I would definitely say this is a world class example. It may mm. have a little bit of something like that in it. It's not very strong. I mean, the cork itself smelled great, but that doesn't mean much because um, actually that fla- that flavor doesn't necessarily come from cork. It's chlorine derivative. Okay. Uh, it could just come from um, <clears throat> cleaning out the brew house with chlorine. The cork itself smells mm. fresh and woody. And- yeah, I mean, I, there, yeah. there's a little bit of something along those kind of pungent lines, but I I don't. I'm not sure if I would call that TCA, but I don't know that okay. I have the best nose for that. Maybe. If so, it's mild, as I said. And this yeah. is an excellent example of this bottle, I'm this style. It's not oxidized. I guess I just want um, to not like it because everyone likes it. Because you don't like the style. I don't like the style. Yeah. It, so, but this is, this this at least this bottle, because... Why don't you be- just say it's too hoppy? It's way too hoppy. There's no hops in here. God, it's so hoppy. No, I mean it's, this is this is very nice beer. Um, yeah, the other thing about this beer is it's blended from different barrels. You can yeah. get the simpler version, the regular Rodenbach, and that's you know that one is twenty five percent aged beer, seventy five percent young beer, which is probably a year old because it's been soured. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this is thirty three percent of the aged beer, three years aged with um, or two years at least. And then, um, and and thirty three percent of the yeah, which is not art. a big difference. Yeah. I and mean, they're talking twelve percent of the total. No, eight percent of total difference. Thirty three percent actually, young. It, make, it makes yeah. a pretty big difference in the flavor. Thirty three percent young, sixty seven percent aged. So yeah. that's a lot of aged beer in there. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. This is an interesting experiment. It is. Like I said, I don't really enjoy it's it. It's failed for you. Well, you don't like this style anyways, yeah. right? But I guess it's fine. I don't know. I, know I, I mean, I've given this to people who didn't, never heard of a sour beer before, and they really like it. A lot of them. Not 50 everyone. points. God. It's a very easy beer to drink. I think it is too harsh. It's too bitter. I, 50 points is a whole conversation. A whole nother show. <laughs> it is. But I, I think the point Brian's making is he can't find anything wrong with it. <clears throat> And He's that's kind of what hard, you have to say for a 50-point beer. And might, it's yeah. just fabulously wonderful in its own right. He's not trying hard enough. It does improve with age, too. So you might you might taste this bottle you know, in another year and give it 51 points. Let's do that. Well, not this bottle because oh, it's no. been opened. But. Yeah. Well, but that's fine. Well, or you just need to develop your palate a little more. <laughs> yeah, and then need, you can appreciate that. I just need to like good things. Right. Shit. Right. That sucks. That's all right. Um, out of it. Well, good. I think uh, I think we covered all the bases, right? I mean, is there anything we're missing? I mean, hops are like almost not present no, in the flavor here. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a joke almost. Yeah, the, yeah, the it runs about six percent alcohol, six point oh. Yeah, not a big beer. I was in a um, champagne bottle or something, the Belgian version mm-hmm. of a champagneish bottle. Seven fifty, yes, hmm. and um, it's very nice. That's all the notes that we need to. Uh, Duplicate this mess at home, right? Yeah, we really haven't talked about brewing very much, but... No, not yet. Well, that comes next. We have a, a Dunkel coming up, a dunkel. right? Dunkless. Then we'll talk about brewing. It's the interesting thing about a beer like this, too. I mean, this beer, it says, I know 1821, so they've been making this for almost 200 years now. 
this is the sort of thing that happens, not just when you try one or two or a dozen Flanders Red as a homebrew and start getting a good result. Mm -hmm. This is the result of almost 200 years of refinement and figuring out the balance and training the people who run there who blend this beer to hit the target that they're after. Um, So you can get a balance when something like this is done right that's very hard to get in a homebrewed beer. Because they have more resources, you know, they're blending dozens of tanks or hundreds, actually, of those big wooden barrels. Yeah. They can blend together. They have the choice. And they've just got, you know, centuries of technique developed to do this. Well, not only that, but the resident, the resident bacteria that live there, it's, you know, it's a lot like a sourdough. You can't get, uh, you, you can't really get sourdough outside of san francisco bay not, area not the, not, not tasting the same I, we had talked yeah. to a, a couple australians a couple weeks ago that they love sourdough in australia and i'm like you don't even know what that means there's some great sourdough you know uh breads out there but there's nothing like you know the san francisco sourdough so yeah. it and it's the resident bacteria it's it's formed over you know hundreds hundreds of years of baking this stuff and using the starters right. over and over again it develops the culture and we actually had a guy come and talk to our, our club about this uh um, it was the uh, the Giga Yeast guy, uh, Jim, I think, and um, he you know talked about how these cultures kind of come in. And it starts out as a lot of things, and the baker does a certain thing a certain way. And over years and years and years, it it gets down to where it's just it's not. You, you think it'd get more complex, but it really certain ones will thrive. And there's there's a you know a couple of different uh, bacteria that will kind of become the dominant ones in there. Mm-hmm. And give the characteristic flavors that you want. So, yeah, and you can these, culture these out of the baker's navel. In these huge oaken barrels in, in Rodenbach, they've got the bacteria that live there. And, uh, you know, it's a regional thing as much as anything else there. It's, it's just especially from this region. Yeah. I don't think they, they wouldn't call it a Flanders red if it didn't come from, you know, Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's a Flemish beer. You can't get it anywhere else. You get American wild sour beers. Yes. They're totally different. Like Lee said, they sometimes can dry out a little bit. Sometimes they'll throw a little bread in there. There's different bugs that live around in the environment here, and it's just a very local thing. And you can get some really cool ones, but they don't taste. It's hard to duplicate this here with just yeah. quote, harvesting For sure. you know, local flora or buying and fauna. Yeah. Yeah. Or buying cultures that yeah, meant, are meant to duplicate it. You never get it quite exact. Yes, properly. Uh, what did you mean when you said you tasted TCA? It's a chat room question. JB? Lee? I know it is corked. I don't know anything anything other about it. You're the one corked. who you dropped um, some knowledge. Trichloro, was it trichloroacetic acid? Trichloroacetate. I'm trying to remember the actual chemical. Um, it is a compound originally that it do, it can derive from cork, but basically it's a combination with chlorine. That's why it's the trichloro. Mm-hmm. Tri- if you have chlorine, anisole. Trichloroanisole. Anisole, right. Mm, that's right. Yeah, so basically it's chlorine in the environment combining with a compound in cork, although it can be found other places too, will give this weird off flavor. It can, it can get quite strong. The human palate is sensitive to it at parts per trillions, I think. It's wow. like r- very vanishing amounts, really just you pick it right up. Kind of moldy, musty, earthy. Moldy, musty, and sort of pungent at the same medicinal. time. Yeah, yeah very medicinal. So, like, when you go to a fancy schmancy restaurant and the the waiter uncorks a bottle for you and pours a little tiny bit in your glass, you just smell it. You're not supposed to, like, drink it. You probably that's pick the, this up and smell. Yeah. yeah. You should be able to pick up the TCA by smell. That's what you're smelling for. You're yeah. smelling for musty. And that's what I got originally, but it, 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 it didn't stay around. 
So I don't know if it volatizes or just kind of... I don't know. Maybe you had a little leftover sanitizer in your glass. Maybe. Some of those are chlorine-based, too. Hmm. Not that the, the dishwashing crew here does anything but perfection, but, you know. That's true. Somebody may have been spiteful. Well, they just go in and push a button. Push a button. So. Right. Uh, okay. Well, I think that was great. Yeah. And we got uh, to drink some Rodenbach out of it, too. Yeah. Which, okay, it, it's, you yeah. know, it's not the worst beer ever. Try a little more. Maybe you'll grow to like it. Mm, eh, maybe. I may do that. I may not. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take another break. And Make then... some better instead. <laughs> yeah. When we come back, we're going to have uh, Jim uh, Leninger's beer. It's a Dunkley's. Uh, Dunkless? Dunkles? However you pronounce it? How do you Dunkless. pronounce it? What's, is there a difference? Dunkley's and Dunkles? Dunkles? No. No? Okay. Dunkles. Munich Dunkles. Dunkles is, isn't it, it's like Dunkles the Clown. And Dunkle's a clown. Yeah. We're going to have him on to do some balloon animals. Uh, Jim can't join us uh, tonight, unfortunately, which is too bad, but uh, we're going to drink his beer anyway. So uh, That's too bad. He used to be calling in from far, far, far away. Right. Yeah. So uh, fuck that guy. Uh, anyway, it's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star our treatment today. High Gravity Homebrewing Supplies wants you to keep it simple. Brewing should be fun. And with High Gravity's amazing electric brewing systems, it is. High Gravity keeps their brewing systems simple, on purpose. More efficient than gas, customizable, and with your choice of one, two, or three vessels, High Gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer, formulate recipes, and improve your beer's consistency. Dave at High Gravity can customize your system to fit your needs. High Gravity invites you to visit their Build Your Own Brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric. And High Gravity offers $7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products. www.highgravitybrew.com High Gravity. Keep it electric. Keep it simple. Visit highgravitybrew.com Admit it. Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the Internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button, improve repeatability, and refine your recipes 
with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of home brewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of home brewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. Attention, homebrewers. If you like making labels for your handcrafted awesomeness and wish more people could see how great you are, then check this out. GrogTag, the makers of custom reusable labels and craftbeerandbrewing.com are hosting the first ever National Homebrew Label Awards. The top 10 labels will be featured at the 2015 National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego to more than 5,000 attendees and more than $2,500 in prizes will be awarded. If you've created a label at any time in the past year, you're eligible to enter. GrogTag and Craft Beer and Brewing have teamed up with great sponsors like More Beer and the Brewing Network to make this competition a great one to enter. Submit your entries between March 1st and June 1st for your chance at fortune and glory at homebrewlabelawards.com. That's homebrewlabelawards.com. Submit your label entries today. Good luck, and we'll see you in San Diego. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, thanks for sticking with us, everyone. Had to uh, warm up Jim's beer here. Apparently, I kept it a little too cold. Sorry about that, Jim. Um... Just put a hair dryer on. It's it. already been judged, so we're just gonna we're gonna yeah. taste and we're gonna compare Thank and you. contrast the That's cold true. version against yeah. the white, like slightly warmed version. Excuse me. All yep, too cold. It's horrible. What a terrible Zero beer. Zero points. Zero point zero. Next, I think uh, I scored it well before, didn't I? Yeah, I think so. Uh, all right, Brian, why don't you uh, why don't you start us off? With a little bit of dunkle dunkliest love. Can I get some mood music here? I wish I had any. F- I wish I had some for you. I mean, I can try. In the aroma, this beer has a, a medium light, but somewhat rich <laughs> Munich malt notes hit, hitting you up first. And uh, it's like a lighter kind of lighter colored wheat bread kind of uh, component there. No DMS or diacetyls. Nice, clean. Um, not fruity. Doesn't, doesn't have esters. It seems cleanly lagered. And no obvious um, hop, just just a touch of some earthiness in there, uh, but yeah, mostly just the, the rich malt coming through. It seems a little lighter than I might remember it, because again, it's too cold. But uh, yeah, color wise, it's a medium dark. Well, wow, it's 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 bordering on brownish in this glass. It's kind of a coppery brown color with a low beige colored head that uh, faded. Fairly quickly, but uh, you know, um, when I judged it before, the head was kind of pushing up a little bit, and it was it was retained pretty well. So it might just be a glass issue. Uh, it seems like on some of the other beers we've been tasting, we're doing the same thing. So I have to go back and add some points on those. Um, yeah, finer bubbles for the most part. Some larger bubbles ringing the glass on this one. And the flavor, it's got a wonderfully rich, uh, bready. Munich kind of crusty, bready uh, malt flavor up front. 
I found that had a very clean lager profile and, um, you know, the bitterness is low and out of the way. Just uh, a hint of some kind of herbally hops in there. It's balanced firmly to the malt. And it does finish pretty sweet. Um, almost a little bit cloying, but not not quite there. It just... The finish is where I find maybe the biggest problems, some of the biggest problems with this. It's not a problematic beer. In other ways, it's cleanly lagered. Just maybe didn't finish out quite where they wanted it to. Um, and those Munich flavors stick around with a little bit of sweetness again and the aftertaste kind of lingering there. So it's got most of the flavors you want. Just the, the balance is a little bit lacking because it's just a little too sweet. Uh, medium bodied, tiny hint of alcohol warmth and um, somewhat creamy. It's just a little warmth in the back of the throat there. Uh, and I'm feeling that even with that nice the cold one here. Uh, a little bit creamy and smooth. It's, it seems big enough, but it's not heavy feeling, although it does have a bit a bit of a flabbiness maybe from that residual Flabby. Sweet, sweetness. We should pump it up. Pump it up. The flabbiness. I'm not getting any, any real astringency. Um. And what is flabby? I'm sorry. What is flabby? Get deeper on flabby for me, please. It's a wine, pretentious wine term that I just like to throw in when I'm describing beer once in a while. Eh. You're not talking about me or Bev. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was staring at your gut. And I Excuse just... me. Yeah. Here, now talk just... to me about flabby. Go ahead. <laughs> it's fine. It's a little beefy. It's a little too much, uh, you know, not the overall body the of the Lysol. beer, just the, the residual the residual <laughs> sweetness. It leaves it a little, Yeah. Anyway. Leaves a little rant? Yeah. That's a little rant. That's a technical term. Let's talk about rant. <laughs> Why do you always do this to me? Um, overall, I thought it was a very well-brewed Munich Dunkel. And, uh, you know, uh, good attention to the style and using the correct ingredients, brewing technique. Um, you know, the aroma, I thought, could use a little more richness. And somehow it could stand just a little more hop to balance. Um, but nicely done overall. Just a bit too sweet in the finish. We're kind of getting that thing to attenuate out just a little more, and this will be a fantastic, phenomenal beer. I gave it a, a 36, which is a, a very good score, but uh, just tuning those things up will put it in an excellent, outstanding territory. Um, so, yeah, just just get a little bit more in the aroma there and uh, get, dry that body out just a bit. What do you think, Lee? What can you do about the flabbiness? I mean, it's a, it's a real question. Do some uh, push-ups and, and <laughs> plank. I need you to plank for me. Planks, yeah. I don't know all these newfangled exercises. My my brother climbs like, yeah. You know, we went down to Duluth and uh, smoked a bunch of good beer back from there, from uh, Wisconsin beer mainly. But um, yeah, they they do these uh, uh, these boot camp exercises where they run up and down these sets of stairs by Lake Superior, up and down like twenty times or something. And they, then we do the the planks or whatever. I don't know what all they do. They they're they're kind of crazy into the fitness thing there. <laughs> and they probably have to pack a lot of it into the summer because when it's winter there, you can't even stand. To, freaking go outside so you know um, i see you have your your fitbit on there and so that's true okay flabbiness and beer <laughs> mr non sequitur segue how does he combat the flabbiness in his beer combat the flabbiness like yeah. i said i'm i'm just run, picking it up as run stairs with your brother <laughs> yes that's that's it all right run stairs with the brother let the beer ferment out a little further and then go back to your home after you've done all those exercises and it'll be right it's a fermentation thing I just, I just think that it's just left a little too much residual sweetness in there. Okay. So the body, it doesn't feel like the body's too heavy. It just feels like the finish is a little too sweet, and it, it just comes there, across. There's more, there's more fuel for the, for, the, 
for the bugs. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Thank you for that. Thank you for uh, appeasing me. No. Shit. All right, Lee. Appeasing? It's your turn. I don't know. Why? What were you threatening? I couldn't think of another word. I demand okay. a herring. <laughs> All right. And we'll get Brian a herring bear later. <clears throat> Actually, we might. This is the show for it. This is the show for it. Send us your herring bears. Um, Munich Dunkel, uh, medium brown bread with aroma with hints of Munich malt, melanoids, cherries, a little bit of an earthy, spicy hop note. Didn't pick any up much in the way of um, common bad sulfurs or uh, S3 diacetyl or anything like that. Maybe maybe there was a touch of beer DMS as it warms up. Not really sure. Um, pretty low level if there was. Good balance in the aroma. Very much the style. Sort of mostly that brown malty, brown bread malt sort of character. Just yeah, maybe a whisper of hops. Was there any TCA? I did not pick up TCA, okay. nor did I smell any flab. JP? Um, I did not. Yeah, okay. Well, then it must not be there. Um, appearance, brilliant clarity, red-brown color, pours a medium, fine, light tan foam with good persistence. It's a very pretty beer. Gave it a perfect score on that. Um, it came across very well to look at. You gave it a perfect score like I gave the Rodenbach? Yeah, only for appearance. Oh. Yeah. Um, for the flavor, Munich and cherry, uh, cherry cola, mel- melanoidins, and esters. Um, esters are probably a lot of it coming from the cherry, but it did seem a bit estery for a, a German lager. Um, <clears throat> some, again, the brown bread kind of malt character follows and finishes that out. I found it a little bit sugary or sweet. Um, for the style, I mean, these aren't all; these are not supposed to be crisp, dry beers by any means. But right. um, for me, this came across as just a little bit sugar, sugary. Uh, it was actually kind of a sweet flavor component, not just that it was rich and a little malty. But. There's a new term I learned for it: uh, flabby, flabby, a little flabby. Well, you, you might apply that. That I think is is a little different than just sugary. But mm. okay. But I'll try and tie it together as well. But we're not there yet. No oh, shit. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta suffer through the ride to get I'm to the consequences. Yeah, All right, go ahead. No, don't be sorry. <laughs> it's 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 like enjoyable, youthful optimism and, and energy you have there. That's true. Okay. Um, so what else did I taste in this? Low hop flavor, a little bit of an earthy, spicy note. Uh, bitter, just enough to balance. Although with that sweetness, maybe not really quite enough. Um, Maybe a little bit of an edgy alcohol note to this. It was pretty threshold. I wasn't sure, but it tasted like a bit of a bit of warmth to the alcohol in here, which mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, finish again a, a bit sweet with lingering cherry and maybe some alcoholic character low um, and some grainy notes in the finish. But actually, it's, it's pretty decent flavor on this beer. I liked it. Medium body for the mouthfeel. Uh, okay for style. Medium carbonation. Well, I wouldn't say it was really creamy or anything, but it did have that um, a little, uh, just like a touch of richness that you hope for in a beer like this sometimes without being like a Bach. Um, low alcohol notes, probably okay by, in, by the intensity of it. You can get a little alcohol in these beers by the flavor, but it does seem to have just a touch of hot edge to it. Um, so, I mean, that, that maybe is a bit of an issue there. Medium, low, grainy, astringent note, um, which is actually okay for the style. They put you know, a little bit of dark character in here, and that will show through. So a little, uh, just a touch of that is okay. Okay. It's not like it should be a big characteristic, but if there's a little bit of that, you're, you're doing all right. Maybe you're fighting to, to try it, but it's, it shouldn't be super noticeable. Uh, like, where's if, the if, edge if, on that? It, it should not be something you pick up right away necessarily, but, I mean, okay. if you look for it and there's a little there, yeah, that's probably fine. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, overall, I thought it was a, a pretty beer, good head on it, very appealing color, good aroma, 
Um, pretty much all that is very much the style. Uh, the flavor is close to where it needs to be, but it was a bit too sweet. And maybe there is a bit too much fruity and alcohol um, in comparison to the best examples of this style. I certainly have had some sweeter dunkles before, um, <laughs> but this just seemed a little bit flat out sugary to me. Okay. Um, so for me, if you get that combination of a little too sweet, maybe a little too estery, maybe a little bit of alcohol heat, it makes me wonder if there might have been a challenge to the fermentation in this. The Ooh. yeast didn't got a little stressed and didn't finish out completely. Okay. Because um, those are, con- I mean, finishes out too soon, puts a little hot alcohol and a little bit of esters. That's 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 that is a sign of a mildly challenged yeast. So it's possible that the fermentation might have been a bit challenged on this one. If so, I mean it's not bad. This is actually pretty decent beer. Oh, on my score on this, I think I gave it a, a thirty-two. So I thought it was pretty good beer. Um, but might want to pay a little more attention to getting a healthy ferment there next time, keeping the ferment temperature down, um, all that sort of good stuff you do to keep the yeast happy. Um, but you weren't very far from it in making this beer. Um, if you use, if there were any caramel type malts that went in there, you no know, crystals or caramunic or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, and the, the ferment was healthy, maybe a little less of those, uh, so you don't keep the sweetness down. But more, I think I would focus more on paying attention to the um, to the uh, fermentation to uh, fix that sweetness. Okay. That I think for me, and the carbonation wasn't real high in this. Yes, it was um, so for pretty me, standard, yeah. Yeah, for me, the flabbiness Brian was talking about, I sort of interpret it as being a little too sweet and a little undercarbonated. And mm-hmm. when you do that, it takes sort of the element of crispness out of the picture. You right, know, it doesn't the have, carbonation. Yeah, that, both okay. of them in combination. Oh, okay. So it throws the balance off, so it, it doesn't have that nice balance between the bitter and the multi, multi-character and any sweetness in there mm-hmm. that makes it a nice, nicely balanced, quenching beer. It just seems a little bit too... To sugar water like, okay, I mean, right. in that direction. It's not like this is sugar water here, but and in the it, meantime, that, that looked, to me yeah. is what the flabby is like. I looked up flabby in, in a the the wine cellar insider and it refers to it as flabby wines are low in acidity and lighter in your mouth. They're heavy and not fun to taste. So it's, it does have a little bit of heaviness and like the the you know the carbonic uh, the CO two would kind of push up a, the acidity a little bit and it just kind of lays there in your dry mouth, dry it out a kind bit of on the palate, yeah. yeah. And we did get a tip off that this is a bottle-conditioned beer. But I would like to know some other details about the beer. If we have the recipe handy, sure would be nice to know. Which we do. Where it started, where it finished. <sighs> Look at we us. have the recipe, but not the brewer. Although we have got a wonderful picture of him here. We, which you, you, you can pre- almost see him behind his hat, his goggles, and his beard. <laughs> so you, you pretend to be this, this, this Jim character here, and I'll ask you the question. So if j- that is his real Jim, name. Where, where did Jim, you, where did your, hat, Jim. Where did your beer start at and, and finish at, if I could ask, please, sir? Uh, and how long have you been brewing? It started, it started at 1055. Okay. It finished at 1012, and I have no idea how long I've been brewing beer. I 1012, lost track. wow. Yeah. yeah, so pretty a little, little high. Well, this, I would say that's too high. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if this was more like ten eight or ten ten. Ten twelve might be a little, might be indicative of that thought, residual sweetness we're picking up. Was this one that that I no? Because I remember there was a beer that we judged at home and we talked about it. And I I poured the cold beer into my uh, hydrometer and uh, you know recorded what it was. But I, maybe this wasn't. This it. This might have been that beer actually. I think it was more back. like ten twenty if it was that one. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this is just could be a wait. wait so recipe. you so you took it out of the bottle and. Let it go flat, or how did you? How did well, you? In discussing it, Lee and I were um, talking about you know, uh, you know the sweetness in the beer, and yeah. you know this could be just a recipe prediction. I don't know if you recorded it as an actual, but we, 
we poured it. I poured it into my hydrometer, and I spun out as much of the CO two as possible. Mm-hmm. And and then Lee, Lee said, "Brian, you're a dumbass. <laughs> you're not going to get a good reading out of that." Right. And I said, "Okay, well, I'll leave it to sit overnight." You know. Mm-hmm. And it, I I got a reading of like ten twenty one. I'm like, it was really sweet. It had this ten twenty one finish there, and and uh, you know, it's a lot of residual sugars and and dextrins and stuff in there that aren't fermenting out. And then so I went back to it the next day. I you know, cover it with a little piece of uh, plastic wrap and let it sit there by my sink. And, of course, it warmed up a little bit, too, but I adjusted for temperature. And it was like 1020 the next day. I mean, it was really hard to get the reading at first. I was actually, you know, uh, the trick to get the bubbles to die is, you know, touch your nose and, and you know, ring the... Oh, the foam? The hydrometer, get the bu- uh-huh. bubbles to die down. I did that a bunch yeah, yeah. of times until my nose was red and then it's, <laughs> it's still... It, I had to let it sit for a while. So I think most of the carbonation was driven out of it. Yeah, and that was this beer. That was this beer. That was this okay. beer, yeah. So I think this could be just a recipe prediction. This beer finished, if I if my hydrometer is reading right, at about 1020. It doesn't taste like a 1020. I mean, it but it doesn't taste like a 1012 either. So, but still. Let me show you a picture. No, no, not that I distrust you uh, or your methods <laughs> or your bizarrely scientific methods. We just don't believe you. Yeah. We need or to have a hydrometer right. here in studio. We need a finishing At hydrometer all time. next month here. Yes. Is Please. that something you can do with an app or something? With like a little like plug into your thing? Just or yeah, whatever. you just float your cell phone in it and it tells you the density. <laughs> that would, you want to try it? Let's try, should we try it with mine? It, it's not yeah. compatible with my phone. No, oh, only Androids. Yeah. Shit. All right, I'll try it. As a see, here's, the, here's the before right yeah. there. Well, you did it. It's floating up there pretty high. Look, there's you see the 10? You see the 20? I do. It's floating above that. There's mm-hmm. a little carbonation. Well, Jim, check your hydrometer also. It might be the hydrometer. Might, his That's hydrometer it. might be off. Yep. Someone's hydrometer's off. Yeah. Uh, Someone's okay. technique is suspect. Well, that's yes. still pretty good. So it's not necessarily a super uh, recipe issue, but more of a fermentation issue, right. which I think is easier to clean up than a recipe yeah. issue. Right? If you cost some of that little yeast stress thing that Lee was picking yeah. up, some of the esters and that, yeah. definitely, definitely. And looking at his recipe, he did not throw in a ton of any sort of sweet sugary malts. It's, it's Munich Light, Munich Dark, and some Midnight Wheat Malt. How much of each of those? Seven pounds light, five pounds dark, three ounces midnight wheat in a, uh, what is this, a six-gallon batch. That sounds like a pretty good place to be for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's how, that sounds very appropriate. Uh, bittered with magnum, a little bit of magnum for flavor, I think. No, that's just the bittering hops. Just bittering, yeah. Uh, yeah, just bittering hops. I don't see flavor pretty, hops. And magnum's pretty neutral. That's, that's mm. good. Distilled water. Whirl flock, some yeast nutrients. Uh, he has a target water profile from Munich Dark Lager. I'm not sure I see the details, but I'll assume he adjusted to that. It doesn't taste like it's off. Although a little, if it wasn't, if it didn't have a little bit of sulfate in it, it might sulfate. When I'm talking bicarbonate, it might make it taste a little flabby too. But I do. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe also the hop thing too. If you if you used um, like a, a a German noble hop in there instead of that that kind of neutral magnum that just you know, you're, you're just using it for its alphaness, you know. You might get a little more balanced there. Like, the, the, it shouldn't be a hoppy beer, but at least it, Lee kind of noted a lack of um, hop presence there, yeah. which you know, and, it and shouldn't have a, a lot of, but to balance it, it might have might help to have just a little touch. Yeah, and he, he's, he's sending us this recipe. It's on the Brewer's Friend uh, uh, software website, whatever this is. I'm not familiar with this one. Target water profile, he gives the Munich Dark Lager. Munich uh, profile, and he mash says add eight grams of calcium chloride. I think that's what it's saying. 
The Munich profile is heavy car- bicarbonate, so I don't know if his base water is heavy bicarbonate or not. It doesn't really say anything about that. Uh, but, yeah, if you get your mineral profile off, that could contribute to a flabby flavor as well because that will can alter the apparent dryness of the beer, the sweetness. Yeah, it's going to yeah, cut down. How your, much the hop flavor and the bitterness pops out at you. Cut so. down on your acidity that the, the dark malts are providing. and yeah, yeah, so it could definitely be a water issue as well. I just can't really interpret it off of this recipe. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And most home brewers don't always know from day to day or week to week exactly where their water is, unless yeah. they're testing it every batch. <laughs> you know, it can vary. So, Or if you're starting with RO. Yeah, and for the ferment, it says he pitched at 48, stepped a degree per day to 68, hmm. which means he's letting it warm up continuously. For your diastole rest. Yeah, there's no diastole be, here. That yeah. did what it was supposed to. He did yeah. good. Well, he's not holding it fixed. And actually, a degree per day, if you figure for a lager, it might take a, a week or two even to finish out primary. It's going to be up 12 degrees. It's going to be up to 60 degrees by the end of the ferment before you do the diastole rest. So that might be getting a bit warm, actually. Get a little fruitiness in there. Yeah, you could. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, a lot of lager, there's a lot of different lager profiles out there. I, I personally, when I do it, I, I try and hold the temperature down for the first week or two mm-hmm. or first week and uh, or basically till primary. Till done. And, then, and done. then when the head starts to drop, I'll start raising it Yeah. Um, just a little bit. And then when that's all done, I'll, I'll step up to a diastole rest. But it's a pretty right, old school think- profile, too. Yeah, there was no okay. uh, also no starter here too. I would definitely recommend, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm at, assuming he did. Assuming he did one, but uh, it says it says no for starter oh, really? on this one. Oh but, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, you could just put a bunch of packs in there and spend a bunch of money, or yeah. you could do a starter. Then also getting that, you know, getting it all happy and active in there helps give it a good kickstart. So, yeah. Okay. Well, well I think... Uh, there's more questions we could ask him if he was here, but, yeah. you know, where, what did Unfortun- at, you know. Yeah, he couldn't make it. Sorry, it's Jim. Not, so we have to assume everything. Well, uh, you know... The, thank you for sending this in. Yeah, absolutely. Beer, he wins, he, well, we'll talk about prizes later, but... Uh, no, actually, we're getting into that right now. Let's We've already done both of our prizes. Breaks. So, yeah. uh, yes. Jim... He's the only entrant. Jim wins both. He wins the, uh, the uh, gift certificate from High Gravity... Uh, you can go to highgravityhomebrew.com and check those lovely people out, Desiree yep. and all her... All those uh, people over there. And then he also wins the $40, uh, at least your beer will look good, Grog Tag gift certificate, plus only one uh, you know, nice gift one. pack from uh, Five Star. You don't get two, Jim. Sorry about no. that. But, but if your uh, dad's an NFL player, he might take away your trophies, too. I don't understand. In Australia? Uh, no, there were, I, no, he's not Australian. There was in oh, the, in the no. news recently. Pies is on, in oh, Australia. Pies. I I messed up in the beginning you because I confused up. things. I, don't I confused things. That's all right. We do that here. That's okay. No, yeah, we'll move on. Yeah. There was but, this, but you got uh, both ribbon, both prizes. You're doubly validated. Yes, thank you. Um, there was an NFL player that took away his kid's uh, trophy that he just got for just you know participating or something like that. I didn't read the whole story, but. He, he didn't earn that. It, uh, it's NFL dad sends powerful message by confiscating kids' trophies for nothing. Powerful dad's messages. Dad's a jerk. I love powerful messages. Your NFL dad is a jerk. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And this has been another fabulous edition of Dr. Homebrew. We did the commercial calib- uh, calibration of Rodenbach, and we had Jim's Dunkel. Uh, thank you very much to Five Star. Check them out at fivestarchemicals.com. Thank you very much to Grog Tag. They're at grogtag.com, of course. And uh, the lovely folks at High Gravity Homebrew. You can check them out, highgravityhomebrew.com. High Until next time, see you guys later. <laughs>